Welcome to Emphasis Added, a podcast by the Houston Law Review about legal issues, prominent lawyers, and the study and practice of law. I'm Matt Shelf. And I'm Brock Jones. We're your hosts, and thanks for joining us. Welcome to part two of season four's Law School Real Talk series with the Houston Law Review, where current students and administration share their experiences and advice on how students can best succeed in law school and beyond. I'm your host, Matt Shelf, joined here today by University of Houston Law Center students Olivia Wogan and J.P. Johansson uh, to discuss choosing a law school and getting the most out of that school while you're there. Olivia, J.P., thanks for joining me today. Excited to be here. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us. And obviously, we're all students here at UHLC. Uh, Can you tell me where each of you are from and what you'll be doing after graduation? I'm from Atlanta, and I'll be staying here in Houston and working for Winston and Strawn. And I grew up in uh, Columbia, Maryland, and I'll be staying here in Houston uh, working at Kirkland & Ellis. Awesome. And I am a Houston native, but I will also be staying here in Houston um, to work for Hunt and Andrews Kurth. So starting off, a key focus of this episode will be the process of choosing a law school as an applicant, uh, which for us was a few years ago now, but feels to me like it was just yesterday, right? Um, So we'll start here with Olivia, but what were some factors that you weighed when you were choosing a law school? So the two big things for me were location and courses. So for location, Georgia is still not on the UVE. So I was like, you know what, we got to go to a state that is. I think like it just gives you some kind of comfort knowing if the opportunity arises to go somewhere else, you will be able to do that. And so that was a big thing for me. I think also making sure it's a location that you will enjoy during law school and then also if you were to stay after law school. I think, you know, the ties that you're going to make the most like professionally and personally are in the place you go to law school. So it'll be easiest for you to get a job there. So if you don't like it, if it's cold and you don't like the cold, it's probably not the best fit for you. And then also courses for me. So I've always wanted to do intellectual property. So that was like my big thing. Like if school doesn't have any courses in that, it's probably not going to be right for me. So I ended up looking up the rankings. And I think UH is six. And that's rang pretty much true for me. About half the courses I've taken in law school have been IP focused. So I think that's a great place to start. But I also think... Most schools should have their courses publicly like available. So I know UH posts like spring and fall course schedules online. So you can go scroll through those and see if there's anything of interest to you, even if you don't know the field of law you want to go into. Yeah, that's awesome. JP, um, you can kind of double dip here, but I'm especially interested in your perspective as a transfer student. Um, What were the factors that you considered initially when you were enrolling uh, at South Texas? So for me, it was uh, not quite as sophisticated as Olivia over here. Uh, I have uh, family in Texas. Uh, my uncle's an attorney. He works at Sugarland, and he does defense litigation. I've always seen him as a mentor. And uh, so I, I wanted to come to Texas, you know, and uh, practice similar law to him. And I chose South Texas because he has a lot of partners that um, also uh, came from South Texas and um, do very well. So I... Uh, South Texas also provided scholarship opportunity. Like I said, it was the right location. And, um, you know, it just made sense for me. And so mine was much more personal and more based on the location. Awesome. And then, um, yeah, so I just spoiled your story for you as a, <laughs> as a transfer student. But um, uh, if all of those things were right for you at South Texas, uh, what made you decide to make the transfer decision? Well, you know, I think what made me decide to make transfer decision is that I 
decided I didn't want to practice defense litigation or personal injury. I was more interested in transactional law. And South Texas produces a lot of great litigators, but not so great transactional lawyers. I mean, they, they do a little bit, but that's not what they're primarily, primarily known for. And when I was going through on-campus interviews, I you know struggled uh, getting interviews with some of the big firms like Hutton, Hutton Andrews Kurth or you know whatever. And so I kind of decided that I would um, try to talk to some of the hiring partners at some of the big law firms. And one in particular alumni of um, University of Houston, Scott Ellis, I did like a mock interview with him and um, he's, you know, love, he teaches here as well. And uh, he, you know, said like, if you want to do transactional, it might be a good idea to to transfer. And I also talked to some other students at transfer. And I think one of the big reasons why I did transfer to University of Houston and not a different school is um, because they allowed uh, transfers to write on the law review. And so I really liked that. That was a big goal for me coming to law school is to be on law review. And so that's why I chose University of Houston. Yeah. Um, I think my reasons will probably ring more truly to Olivia's, but uh, I'm the only Houston native here. So uh, I kind of knew that Houston is where I wanted to stay, right? Um, My folks are here and I'm an only child and I feel very strongly tied to this city, Um, but it also has an incredible legal market, right? Um, So I think it's, it's really important um, to consider schools that are regionally strong if you know where you want to end up after graduation. Um, and Houston's big law firms pay New York rates, uh, but you have Houston cost of living, right? And so having already been from here, I was like, I don't see a need to leave. Um, and for me, U of H looked like job placement-wise, they were just as strong as anybody if this is where I wanted to stay. Um, and so it was kind of an easy call uh, to just stay home. Plus, scholarships were great and everything. Um, so I was looking at the University of Texas and the University of Houston. Um, and while UT is a great school, uh, it felt like it was almost easier for me to stay here and I could achieve like the same result. Um, so that's that's how I met, ended up making those decisions. But Um, While you're in the application process, especially both of you coming from out of state, did either of you uh, visit any of the schools that you applied to or did you uh, have any experience um, getting actually to lay eyes or set foot on anything or was this a digital process for you? How did kind of you actually go about making that decision? For me, it was more of a digital process and also speaking um, to my uncle who lives here and uh, I knew I wanted to come to Texas. I lived in Texas before, so I was kind of set on that. You know, I'm an older student, so um, I just put my focus on that and convinced my wife. And in 2020, I dragged her across across the country in the, mi- the midst of the pandemic. And uh, I did look up some of the rankings and what kind of law, uh, what most alumni practiced coming out of South Texas. And so that mattered. But really what was important to me was to be able to practice in a similar field to my uncle, which has completely changed, but that's what mattered then. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe your most helpful tips you can give are how to drag a sp- spouse across the country in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, I don't know if you have advice on that. We can circle back around. Um, 
Um, similar to JP, mine was mostly digital as well. So I had actually had a trip planned spring of 2020, which was the semester I was graduating, and it got derailed by COVID. So I didn't get the chance to actually do that. But my dad did have me like look up, you know, Google images of all the schools because there was a few. He was like, mm, this doesn't even look like a campus. <laughs> so stuff like that kind of helps to like weed out at least like sort of what it's going to look like. Yeah, that's awesome. I am spoiled in a sense in that I applied to law school twice. And the first time around, um, I had gotten in and thought I knew where I was going. I had a full scholarship to go back to Baylor Law, and Baylor was where I did my undergraduate, and I love Waco. Um, and I ended up deciding not to enroll because I was kind of panic going to law school, I think is something that a lot of people do. It was like, well, I have a lot of friends that are going to grad school and I am also smart, so I should do this. And um, somehow I convinced them in my personal statement that that was good enough, right? Uh, and luckily for me, and I, I stand by this decision 100%, I held out for a few years, kind of got some work experience under my belt, did the real estate thing, figured out I like doing deal work and working with contracts oh, I could do that as a lawyer. Now I want to go to law school for a reason. And I reapplied. So my first application process was before COVID and I could go on campus tours and things. So I toured around at SMU and Baylor and I came here to U of H. Um, and the open houses and things I actually thought were really, really helpful. Um, you know, you can go just walk a campus by yourself, but a lot of schools have programs where you can go sit in on a 1L contracts class or something like that. And it's just such a foreign thing um, to be able to sit in the room and kind of, oh, I can answer that question. Oh, I understand where he's going. It's a very, very different type of class than anything that I think most people have done in undergrad. Um, so getting to see it firsthand was like really reassuring for me. Like, oh, I think I could actually see myself in this environment. So um, to any pre-application students, I highly re recommend it. So y'all will be uh, better suited than me to answer these questions about the online search process because I was actually able to do it in person. But um, just this year, schools like Harvard and Yale started saying they weren't going to send their data to the U.S. news reports, which I know a lot of people used as rankings to try and narrow their search and figure out what schools would be good to them from afar like y'all did. Um, did y'all use online tools like that? And if so, if the U.S. news reports were to go away, did you have others that you would recommend? How did that process look for y'all doing it from afar? I definitely think it's a great place to start, kind of to start to get some school names for you to research and look into. But I think like you can't use it as the end all be all. The most important things for me were like bar passage rate and employment rate. And I think from there, like you can maximize your experience at any school you go to. So I guess like like we've kind of said, there are so many factors involved, whether it's that's the city you want to live in, your family ties. So I think you start there, you get some names of places you're interested in, and then you go from there to research a little bit more on their websites and kind of finding other people's opinions on what the school's been like. I totally agree. You know, I um, I use the U.S. News reports, of course, and looked at them, um, and I think they're an important resource. But I do think that um, job placement is probably the most important and where you want to work. That's the great thing about University of Houston is that it places so well in Houston. It's the best school in Houston, and there's so many tremendous jobs in the city that it's kind of like a hidden hidden gem of a legal market. And, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm here. And uh, you can definitely see that if you look online without even coming here. And now that we have these beautiful facilities, there, you can have a great tour now 
Um, and you know, it's a great place to go to school. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it's been funny being enrolled here while the new building gets built and then unveiled. And, you know, where we're filming this episode is a very different kind of facility than where we had our first year of law school. Um, but you also hear people talk about like, and maybe the school will go up in the rankings now that the building is prettier. And I just have to caution anybody looking online at rankings and things that if that is a part of the weighted criteria, it could not be less important for the real reason that you're going to school, which I think for most people is trying to get a job, right? So I know there are other rankings and stuff out there. I used law school rankings on above the law and things I think that weigh factors differently and focus heavier on employment outcomes and average salaries and that kind of thing. And not to say that money is everything, but law school costs a lot of money. So you'd like to know you're going somewhere afterwards. Uh, so you know, if you are using those online rankings and things, probably can I get a job in a market that I want to live in is the things that you want to be focusing on primarily, right? Absolutely. So besides online research and campus tours, did y'all do anything else to help you decide on a school? Kind of like I said uh, before, I, you know, I put a lot of my eggs in my uncle's basket <laughs> and I, uh, you know, I was really relying on him. You know, he's had a long career. He went to Baylor Law actually as well, but I wanted to be in Houston and, uh, and since he practices here, I thought, you know, I wanted to be around him. You know, I believe in mentors. And I think that's a, you want to go to a place where you can find a mentor that can kind of show you the way. I mean, law school is hard enough. It's nice to have someone to lean on and to ask questions about. And especially, you know, I didn't know anything about the Houston legal market. Um, and I've learned a lot. And my uncle has been a big help in kind of understanding that. Absolutely. Yeah, I am um, actually a family here as well, so that was a big thing for me. I didn't end up talking to really anyone in the legal field, but I did kind of put some emphasis on UH's uh, marketing materials, how they like talked a lot about like that it was more collaborative than competitive. And I think that's been mostly true in my experience here, which is something I was like definitely looking for. I'd gone to a college that was very competitive and I was like, I do not want any more of that. So um, that's kind of like, you can look to what the school markets themselves as and what they want to be. That just gave me some PTSD. I, I remember now researching like this school says it's really cutthroat. I don't know what that means. But if it means people are like burning your notes behind your back, then I don't want to go there. I want to go to the collaborative school, I think. Exactly. So um, yeah, <clears throat> friendly pitch to UH. Everyone here is awesome. Yes. Um, and no one has ever torn my notes up while I wasn't looking. So I think, uh, yeah, that's that's an awesome thing to note. Um, so we'll kind of pivot now into, you know, making the most of your law school experience once you've chosen and you've set foot on the campus. Um, so once a student has landed at a law school or even if they're still deciding, um, it's important to consider how to make the most of it while you're there. Uh, Y'all both have great jobs lined up. Um, so you've accomplished what, you know, most people would have considered the most crucial outcome of attending a law school. Um, but in addition to getting a job, there's other important things that come from the experience, of course. Um, so what do y'all think that um, some of the most important things for a law student to accomplish are in their three years here? First, I'd say like I'm a huge proponent of still having fun while you're in law school. I think if you don't start drawing those boundaries now, you'll never draw them and you won't like allow yourself time for things outside of school or work. And then I think on top of that, I never would have thought I'd say this because I'm a 
a big introvert, but I think you have to get involved somehow. And whether that's clubs, TAing, competition team, journal, just you have to do something to meet people and expose yourself to new ideas. I'm definitely partial to law review, but you know there are a lot of opportunities here. You know, I'll talk to the first year because that's I think the most challenging year for most people. It was for me for sure, and especially if you move to a new area and don't know anybody. Um, luckily, I had my wife, which was nice to lean on and to tell the horror stories to. Uh, but when I was living and working in D.C., um, I uh, met a federal judge, and he told me that I should try to accomplish three things, and that's get good grades, join the law review, and network. And, um, you know, I guess I'll add another one, and that's determine a practice area. Um, and, you know, if you can accomplish those three things in the first year, you're doing pretty well. And um, so I would say I didn't join a lot of student groups. You know, Law Review's kind of been what I've done. I've kind of focused. That's because I have a family and I have limited time outside of school. But I, you know, COVID was kind of tough. Uh, it was hard to meet people. That's actually what made transferring kind of easy because I didn't know a lot of my class. And I knew that if I came in, your class probably didn't know a lot of your class either. So. So it would be an easy transition. I wouldn't feel like an outsider. And getting on Law Review, I've definitely felt like this has kind of been a home for me. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, I think it's especially important to have this good social experience in law school. Um, at the minimum, we seem to constantly hear, despite being in this massive city, the legal market is just a small world. And so you never know who you're going to be working alongside or working opposite in the future. And it's much, much easier to have friends than to have enemies, right? <laughs> um, so trying to meet as many people and join some things I think is critical. And there's so many options at your disposal, right? Um, there's Student Absolutely. Bar Association. Like we've talked about, there's journals like the Law Review. Um, there's moot court and mock trial and all of these kinds of things. And so I don't think it's especially important that you choose one thing over another um, if it's something that you're passionate about and you want to do or if it's even something you're just exploring. Um, you meet some people in there and maybe they show you something else that you actually really do want to do, right? So it's important to just go out there and make that effort. Again, just touting y'all. You got some pretty great jobs lined up. Uh, so UHLC is a great school. It's not a T14 school, uh, but even so, our students land clerkships and big law jobs and that kind of things at a pretty amazing rate. So um, how did each of you kind of leverage UHLC to get to where you are now? Um, I'm kind of interested in telling our listeners kind of how to make their school work for them, if that makes sense. I think as JP alluded to earlier, like UH has such a strong hold in the Houston legal market. And I think a lot of probably schools are that way in their particular cities. And so I think just like utilizing that, like I, I don't know that I've ever been in an interview where there hasn't been a UH grad at some point and they've asked me about oh is a certain professor still teaching this way or what's the new campus like or things like that and that just immediately breaks the ice so I think just using that I would I'm sure there's like a UH grad in every single legal position anyone would want so just to make sure to like utilize that network I think is the biggest thing yeah I would agree and you know I think it's so easy to get mentors and University of Houston has a mentorship program where they take first-year associates and they allow second-year students and they mentor second-year students Carolyn Sage was my mentor. Uh, she's at Holland and Knight, and you might know her father, who's at Hunt and Andrews Kurth, and he's a, he's a legend. He's a legend, apparently. Um, I don't know him. Uh, yeah, living legend. Um, and uh, that was great to kind of 
And, um, you know, we, we are so close to downtown. It's, we have such easy access to so many legal careers. And there are so many legal careers because Houston is a, a dynamic, diverse city. And so it's really a special place to go to law school. And like I said, it's a hidden gem. Yeah. So I, I think like the the summary is schools in the city that you want to work in are strong, <laughs> yes. right? Uh, so you can find people that are doing the job you want or a job adjacent to the job you want and just go talk to them, right? Um, you can leverage that alumni network. You probably get a free coffee out of it. People love to talk about what they do. Um, all these organizations that we talked about, moot court, journals, et cetera, have people that were in them that are in the workforce that would love to find somebody that's like them now and say, oh, you're just like me when I was growing up. I want to I want to help you. Right. So, um, yeah, I've had exactly the same experience. Uh, well, that that is pretty much the the content of our, our conversation for today. Um, so thank you both so much for joining the show. But before we go. Um, something that I thought would be kind of fun to do would be to get the advice that each of you would have given to yourselves three years ago. Um, so if you were in the shoes of our listeners for this episode, uh, you know, think back to when you were choosing a law school in your first semester. What do you know now that you wish you knew then? So I think for me, and this is still an issue, probably get a gym routine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, I, I think uh, my health, I've gained some weight. My health has definitely deteriorated <laughs> through the process. Uh, so maybe being a little bit more disciplined. Also, I mean, luckily, we're kind of coming out of the pandemic. So um, I would say find mentors and cultivate mentorship uh, at every level. Someone that's just out of law school, someone that's, you know, a middle level associate and a partner. And that can help you find what you really want to do and help you um, – also, I, I would say, like, build relationships with your professors and your classmates. It was hard building relationships with professors when we were all online. And I feel like, you know, I've personally missed out on that. And I'm kind of sad about that uh, because they're right here in Houston. We're going to be working in Houston. And we could have had better relationships if something was different. So I would say focus on that because teachers are great and they can really help you out in your life and career. I second all of that. I Mine's probably more on the philosophical side than the practical side, but I'd say just to enjoy. Like, it's going to fly by either way. And so I think just, like, realizing how many cool opportunities you get, even, like, filming this podcast or learning from certain professors that are really esteemed in, like, the community. I think stuff like that. Like, just enjoy it because you have to do it either way, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think my own advice is probably that you are surrounded by brilliant, brilliant people. Um, and I think you can learn as much from your classmates as you can from your professors. Uh, so y'all are both amazing. It's why I asked you to be on the show. Um, but everybody is struggling with the same things at the same time when you first get there. So it's probably going to be overwhelming, but you have to take a deep breath and remember that it's overwhelming for everybody, right? And then lean on those peers and you'll get through it together. So. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining me today. It's truly been a pleasure. Uh, I appreciate you taking your time to join the podcast and pass some of your wisdom from the past few years on to our listeners. Thanks for having us, Matt. Thanks, Matt. It was great. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Emphasis Added is a podcast by the Houston Law Review. If you like what you saw, check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Instagram at Pod, and check out the Law Review at HoustonLawReview.org.